Curly Sherry Elliger Show, starring Sherry Elliger and that teeny tiny lady in that pickle jar. Andrew, you're in charge of her because I know that uh, Chris Smart doesn't anything to do with her. Yeah, she's a little upset. Yep. She's been running around a lot because Jacob's not looking teeny. at her anymore. I know. Hi, teeny. It's okay. Hi there. Hello, Hello. teeny. All righty. This is a disaster. Hey, 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 hey. hey. It's not nice. That's not nice. You're sitting there with Andrew. Andrew, give her a potato or something. Give her something. Potato. There you go. Stop killing us. Stop killing us. Stop killing us. That was the big chant, of course, uh, after George Floyd's death. And then we had seven of the uh, nine city council members talking about defunding the police by 50%. Because the crime, and they were going to reinvest it and put it into different programs, and they were going to save everybody's life, and it was going to be so much better because the cops were killing everybody. Well, they only took about 17% out of the budget. They moved the money around, parking meter people and stuff like that. But they got a chance to reimagine policing, and now we have it. So now we've reimagined it, and this is what you get. You don't have to use your imagination because the numbers aren't good. Uh, the Seattle Police Department has released uh, 2022 statistics. And um, if you're so concerned about stop killing us, stop killing us, if you're one of those people chanting that, you might want to say that to the people that are out killing everybody uh, in the streets of Seattle. So what are the homicide rate? Where Do we have numbers on this thing? And do we have a package from one of these great TBU organizations? Yes, I think Como News has a package to tell us all about it. All right, hang on, hang on. Nope, 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 nope. Ah, here it is. Oh, yeah, right. Here we go. These are the latest statistics, everybody. Here we go. Ready? Don't forget, reimagine. I live in the Central District, and it's awful over there. We hear guns shooting all the time. There's people living in their cars, uh, trash all over the place, needles everywhere. Alarming numbers from the Seattle Police Department. 2022, the highest rate of crime on city record in 15 years. Well, do you feel safe in Seattle? No. And why is that? There's just too much going on on the streets. Uh, most of the time, it's kind of living in the city. Um, unfortunately, a part of, of that. I think it has gotten better, but I will say that there's like a, a hardcore um, drug problem. 2021 was the previous all-time high, followed by 2020. Talking to people today, a common concern, gun violence. I think there's always been a lot of shootings. Generally, I feel safe in the area. I think our police could do a better job of... Um, actually protecting and serving instead of just reacting and serving 52 total homicides Uh-oh. in all oh, of 2022 okay. what do you think would fix like it? that yeah we need some strong leadership and we don't have it and i thought we would have it with the mayor i voted for him i believed in him and i don't see anything happening more outreach obviously would would really help maybe not letting them fester the way that they have they need help it's a tough spot to be in it's a tough place to get out of do you remember after september 11th that firemen were heroes no matter where they went even guys that were out in seattle they were nowhere near what happened uh when the buildings came down but firemen were just no matter where they went uh everybody loves firemen and i remember cops i went to this event and we were auctioning off fireman dates and then cop dates were backstage and the guys like cops said to me how many firemen they got i said three Oh, God. Are they going to take their shirts off? I was like, I think they told them not to, but they probably will. God, everybody loves firemen. Why don't anybody love cops anymore? And that was in, um, you know, 2001. And 
there wasn't really there has never been a big push to become you know um a cop right and then they it got worse so after george floyd's death did you know they took cops off the air that show i didn't know that remember that yeah, it's sure. off the air. Oh, yeah, because it was too upsetting. It's it's too it's it was because we can't show cops, right? And then the uh, Grove Elementary in Marysville had uh, posted a video animation uh, of their online system, and the title of the, the the little video they showed these kids, these second graders, an animated series called "Something Happened in Our Town." Parents were supposed to watch the video with their kids later that week, and the students, this is from Jason Rancis from a while ago, students were supposed to discuss the video in their virtual class with their teachers and classmates. And the video tells a story about a white police officer shooting a black man, as told through the experience of the young white girl and black boy. So that's the story, um, and you are teaching these kids to hate police, don't trust police, the President of the United States, one of the most incompetent people that we've had in that office in a very, very long time, also went on the air and most of the, you know, talking about how every single day African Americans fear for their life and it shouldn't be that way when they get behind the wheel. Huh? Um, because the cop's going to kill them. You would probably have to start this in school now to have police be respected again in order for anybody to want to become a cop. They don't have enough. They can't get enough. Nobody wants to sign up. You offer them $30,000, $40,000, a signing bonus. People don't want to work in Seattle, and for very good reason. And the guys that are in there that have been there for like 15 years, they're not going to pull over and stop anything because they don't want to get called, you know, that they're a racist. They don't want the little mark next to their their record. They just want to retire, do their job, get done, keep their head down, then get out of there because nobody's got their back. You probably have to start a cultural shift, a paradigm shift, where all of a sudden to be a police officer is to be respected again. It would be difficult to frame them as heroes now unless there was a cultural event that created one, because that's what mm-hmm. we look for. We want a TV event, right? We The same way that all of the horrible things that certain cops did to degrade the image, we need something to promote the image. And that's very difficult to do. And it would be very difficult, I think, for um, police officers to kind of overcome now what's what's been happening and the, the, the discontent that people have about, but, about cops. But, Sherry, right, I get it. But of the 35 million uh, contacts that the average cops have every single year with citizens – and then how many arrests, right? One million or ten million of the arrests and stuff. And then how many times has excessive use been for uh, excessive force been used? It's about one percent of the time. But the media shows you these rare, very rare occasions, and because again, when thirty-five thousand planes land safely every single day, the one that's got the you know blown-out tire, you know, gets two minutes of our time. Those are the stories. But it reinforces; it's constantly reinforcing. So when you ask somebody. You know, are, is the police brutality everywhere and how many people get killed every single day and all this other stuff? You know, they have this sort of demented view, distorted view of what's really happening on the streets. So society doesn't respect the job and nobody wants to do the job where they're not respected, especially when they're not supported by the, their city council. Maybe with the new 
group that's running for city council in Seattle, maybe things will begin to turn around. But uh, this is the uh, talk about car break-ins. Here's uh, SPD's John O'Neill talking to Cairo. You cover it up and they can still see a lump. No, that's probably not going to work because they're going to say, hey, what's underneath that? Because I try to put my stuff in the trunk before I get to the location. He says almost anything, even charging cords, can be tempting to a thief who can sell it or trade it. That uh, thermos that we have there, I would definitely hide those things. Winter hats, sunglasses, all those are, are tempting? Absolutely. Jackets, sunglasses, coats. Hats, you name it. He also advises people to drive around an area before parking to scout it out. Try to park in a well-lit area near cameras. How about that story we did a couple of months ago in San Francisco? The people are parking their car and opening up the, the trunk of the car and leaving the doors open and just walking away, basically saying, just don't break my window, right? There's nothing mm-hmm. in this car. There's nothing for you to steal unless you steal my floor mats. Um but uh, there was a there was a time in, in, in D.C. when crime was so bad in the 90s that people were leaving their doors unlocked and putting stuff on the dining room table that they didn't care if it got stolen. Just no. take this stuff. Oh, yeah. Take this stuff. I don't care. Just don't break my windows anymore. Don't break in my door and don't rifle through my house. Here's a bunch of stuff you can have. Just take it. Yeah, make it easy. Wow. That was in the 90s when it was n- not a a great place to live because I lived there in the nineties and it was a very dangerous place. And people just get sick of worrying about, you know, are they going to come out and see a broken window stuff taken out of, I mean, and I'm surprised things aren't stolen out of trunks. I mean, that's your go-to place, right? You go and you throw it in the trunk and think it's going to be safe, but I guess it takes a lot longer to try to open up a trunk if you can even do it. Yeah, because you want to get it. You can do it in broad daylight. When I was in New York, living in New York City, and I had a nice car. What a stupid idea this was. It was 11.30 in the morning, and I pulled up. It was up on Broadway, up on maybe like an 84th and Broadway. Ran in to get a sandwich, parked in the – it was Sunday morning, and I found a parking spot. I run in. I'm in there for no more than probably less than 10 minutes. Easy. I come back out, and there's a guy standing there, and he goes, Man, they they smashed your car. Man, they got – see how fast they smashed your car. They smashed the back window, opened the door. They had a BMW. They opened the door, got in there. They pulled the radio out. They pulled the speakers out in the back. And this guy was more amazed at how quickly they did it. I said, why don't you stop him? He goes, I'm not going to stop him. It's not my car. I'm like, God. My dad, same sort of story. He moved to New York City. He lived in New York City in nice Park Avenue. This, he got his radio stolen. Same exact situation. This old guy, this old Jewish lawyer, my dad stayed in touch with him. He was 68 years old or something like that. He saw the guy steal the thing, ran after the guy, caught him at the end of the end of the street there, uh, Park Avenue and whatever the cross street was, and got the radio back. Comes back. My dad happens to come out of his apartment, and the guy's huffing and puffing, walks up to my father, goes, here, this is your radio. My dad goes, why do you, I saw the kids steal it and just, I can't stand it anymore, right? My dad gets a guy's business card, but also notices that he had a Hermes tie on. My dad loved Hermes ties, loved those ties. And he sent the guy a tie. He said, thanks a lot. And here's a tie for you. I saw you're wearing this tie. And he had the guy's business card, you know, just sort of a way of just saying thanks, stepping up. And that my dad wrote, to my superhero, you won't wear a cape, but here's another tie you might enjoy. That's nice. 
Every once in a while, the people rise up, right? They've had enough of it. I saw that Lowe's has decided they're trying this new thing um, because people walk into the hardware stores, the big hardware stores, Home Depot and Lowe's, and they steal hand hand tools, electric tools, power tools, because those are the easiest thing to end up, um, you know, pawning. So here's what Lowe's intends what to do. What we came up with was to make sure that when the tools are power tools that are on the shelf, uh, they are deactivated. And the process of checking out, when a customer uh, takes it to the POS register and checks out like they would do with any other product, that activates the tool and it's ready for uh, their use. And that's why we think it's completely transparent and invisible to the customers because they didn't do any extra steps. Mm. But at the same time, the tool is not functioning sitting there on the shelf. So if you're a bad actor and you just took it and walked out, it's not going to be useful for you. And that's how we feel we deter theft. So so it's inactive. So unless they do the processing where they activate the tool, you're going to basically have, uh, you know, a power drill that somebody can use as a hammer. Just smash something with it because it's not going to function. People are so tired of having things locked up. I went to the drugstore the other day, and I noticed that all of the Tylenol, Advil was behind the counter at the pharmacy area. Yeah. That they don't have it on the shelf anymore. And so people are saying, I don't want to have to ask and then wait for somebody to unlock a case for me to get deodorant. It's inconvenient. Right. I, I don't I don't want to do it. And so they're buying stuff online now. They're not wanting to have to to deal with it. And there's a couple of other uh things that you can do for as if you're a store, uh they have a thing now where if it's in a case, if you put punch in your phone number, then uh-huh. they will send you a code. You punch in that code and you can open the case. So people are like, I don't want to give out my phone number so I can buy toothpaste. <laughs> Forget it. Wait, wait a minute. They're locking up toothpaste. Oh, they're locking up anything that is like a a, a regular thing. Laundry detergent, sometimes that type. That shampoo, some sometimes. It's that that those are kinds of the things are kind the kinds of things that a lot of people are stealing because mm-hmm. they're everyday items that people need. Yeah, and you can just and they're turn easy. The, yeah, turn them around the street and sell it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I've told the story, and I feel bad about it. I should probably do something about it. That when I was on television, I remember people would recognize me, and I, I Andrew, do you have any sad music? Because I just, and again, I feel terrible. This is a, this was a different time. This was like in the '90s when you know people weren't stealing that much stuff. <laughs> I don't know whether it's a diet. What's going to be worse, this story or Starbucks? Just give us a little preview. This is, it's in a whole different category. Okay. I don't know whether it was diet or stress or whatever. It doesn't matter, but I got hemorrhoids. I'd never had them before. (laughs) Oh, my God. Stop the music, please, Andrew. Sherry. Okay, I'm sorry. I didn't see that. you, You could have picked anything. I didn't see that coming. I'm sorry. Go ahead. It happens. It happens. <clears throat> no judgment. Stop the music, please, Andrew. There's a lot of judgment coming from you. <laughs> no, no. No, I was surprised that that's where this was going. I, I want to hear the story. So you had a little condition, and what happened? That's too late now. Now it's traffic. No, 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 no. You can't leave us hanging. This is too good. <laughs> Nate, you hear that? 
Yeah, she said, over there. She said hanging. The, in the, the, lights, the light is on. The <laughs> wow, 4, 5, and 6 p.m.? Mm-hmm. That's a lot of news. Lots of options. Well, they throw a little tainment in there. Who's tainment? <laughs> All right, Bucky's Bucky's Auto Service Centers. I know you wanted to know where to take that car to, Sherry. Take the car to Bucky's Bucky's Auto Service Centers with 16 locations. They've been around for 52 years. They'll be right there. Fix that car. They've been wearing rubber gloves long before it's fashionable. The men and women at Bucky's Auto Service Centers. Probably some of the four minutes of the most uncomfortable radio was when I had Andrew call Bucky's and ask him if they're wearing rubber gloves. Remember that, Andrew? I do. I called a lot of them. Um, and most of them, I think they most of them said yes or they didn't know. Uh-huh. And I tell uh-huh. them that I'm calling from. Uh, was it? Was it? Was that during when Tom was on was the show? Tom, Tom and I were doing the show. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and they, uh, most of the time they didn't know what I was talking about when I said I was calling from a radio station. Didn't need that. Didn't just could have stopped right at. Didn't know what I was talking about. Didn't have to throw in there. They didn't know. <laughs> I know. I, I could have not. You know, but it was fun. Full, full disclosure. <laughs> That's why it was so awkward. Bucky's. They might not have heard of us, but they've heard of you and your, your crappy car. Take your car to the Bucky's Bucky's Auto Service Centers. There you go. All right. Um, there's a, what's the name of the show that's on Disney where they're on there uh, spewing a bunch of crap? What is this thing called? Uh, this is something called the Proud Family. Proud Family, uh, I guess, loud and proud. Um, ah. And it's a, it's, a, it's a show that's on uh, Disney Plus, I guess it's the the proud family is a group of people, and critics are saying that this was a, a kind of a woke anti-white episode, and this is the Juneteenth episode of the Proud Family, louder and prouder. Ah, okay, here we go. This is the kids get a chance to watch. Slaves built this country, and we, the descendants of slaves in America, have earned reparations for their suffering and continue to earn reparations every moment we spend submerged in the systemic prejudice, racism, and white supremacy that America was founded with and still has not atoned for. Slaves built this country. Not only field hands, but carpenters, masons, blacksmiths, musicians, inventors built cities from Jamestown to New Orleans to Bannockhead, Washington, 40 acres and a mule. We'll take the 40 acres, keep the mill. We, we made, made your families rent. Then they say Lincoln freed the slaves. But slaves were men. And women. And only we can free ourselves. Emancipation is not freedom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, still uh, still having some problems. So you know, slaves built the country, right? And um, it, it's a free market. If you want to have your kids watch this, go ahead, right? I don't know what other shows on there actually telling you the real stuff that happened, but um, they're pushing the idea. Same thing that happens in school. So it's all about still you, systemic racism, white supremacy, you know, whites are bad, blacks are great, slaves um, are, people are still suffering because of this and they're owed reparations. I know San Francisco's working on reparations. I think it'd be 5 million is what they're asking for. And some people yes. say that's not even high enough. They need more right. than $5 million. You know, but if you're a parent, and you're going to just sit there and allow your kid to watch this. You're enslaving your child with ignorance. And you're also enslaving your child with the idea that they um, are owed something and somebody owes them something. You will never be able to make amends for the slavery that was part of the United States history and part of the world's history. There are 700,000 people still enslaved in parts of of Africa. Slavery has been around since 
Plato and Aristotle, the Romans, everybody. In fact, nobody even thought about it. You enslaved the weaker. You One tribe took over another tribe and enslaved those people. Always slaves have been part of the history of the world. France was the first country, a bunch of white supremacists in France, the first to to make slavery illegal, then uh, Great Britain, all the white supremacists there, then outlawed slavery, and then the United States followed after Great Britain with the 13th Amendment, all the uh, white supremacists that outlawed slavery in all Western civilization, France, the UK, and America. That's not part of the history that needs to be taught. You need to tell your kid that um that um that they are they are oppressed and they are used and they need something so attach them uh to the horrible white supremacist and make the white supremacist give you something so sad that the a parent would have their kids sit in front of that stuff but um that's disney if they're trying to make some money they realize hey there's people out there that want to be um served this slop so let's give it to them and there are people out there that that praised this, um, not the conservative critic uh, Christopher Rufo. He shared the video. He called it critical race theory. But then there were other people that reacted to it and said, thanks for sharing. Absolutely excellent clip. How great to see the truth of history in a way kids can understand. Another one said um, it might not be something that everybody agrees with, but they ain't inaccurate. What? So that's hmm. they're saying that that what was presented in this video with these uh, cartoon characters is correct it's accurate that was the oh, okay. two different two different sides of it so not yeah, everybody okay. thinks this is you know something that is necessarily uh, a manipulation they think that it's actually it is the truth and it is something that mm-hmm. needs to be taught and this is a way for children to learn about that perspective yeah okay well we don't have time to um, deconstruct all the nonsense in that a little cartoon thing. But here's Disney also. They they know what side their bread is buttered on. So when China had a problem with um, a joke that was in The Simpsons, they took it out. It's, this is without the Behold, joke. Behold, the wonders of China. Bitcoin mines. Forced labor camps where children make smartphones. And romance. I guess that couldn't play well in China, so they took that out, right? They took it out. They actually took it out in Hong Kong. And that's what's a little bit concerning. So the, the in Hong Kong, uh, they have a film censorship ordinance, and that bars films from anything that could be contrary to national security interest or uh, something that they feel could be objectionable and might, you know, create some kind of a problem. So this is something that China absolutely would do. But when Hong Kong does it, they're wondering if there's influence from China or if Hong Kong decides that this is something they just don't want their people to see. Um, it's a little bit unclear how this happened, if there was pressure put on Disney or if Disney did this on their own. They, it's possible that they self-censored because they didn't want to get anybody upset. Uh, but they yeah. did re- remove it from the streaming service in Hong Kong. Yeah, Hong Kong is not free anymore. That was the, probably the biggest story in the last 100 years when they turned it back over to China and people didn't even think twice about it. And that's no, that used to be one of the freest parts of the world when it came to free market 
Singapore is in there as well. Business, everybody. But um, go back to China, China in control. And, of course, remember uh, just a number of months ago, the people were walking around with those blank pieces of paper. They were protesting what was happening in China and protesting in Hong Kong as well. But then he'd sweep you up and send you off to a re-education camp. So the fact that they changed it in China. And listen, again, you, whether you're Apple um, and you're helping out the Chinese government because you realize, you know, you're going to block stuff so people can't share stuff or you're whatever it is that you're, the government tells you to do something for them, you're going to do it because they're making your phones. They're producing the phones for you. It's hard to take it and move it somewhere else. They've got it down over there, and they know that they can make sneakers. Nike can kind of have sneakers made in China. Um, and just occasionally an NBA player will say something like, this seems a little, a little hypocritical. We're concerned about, you know, what's happening here. What about over there? They're making our sneakers. What are they making our phones over there? But um, if you know that you can get stuff made cheaply and uh, you'll – You'll end up shacking up with whoever can give you the lowest uh, lowest price, and it's um, it's China. So when they tell you to cut something out of something, did they ever cut that scene out? I think they did. Wasn't it on one of the patches of uh, Tom Cruise's jacket in the Top Gun movie, the second Top Gun movie? I think Taiwan was on there as a separate patch or something. Oh, I'm whole? sure they sure they got Thing rid of jigger. that. Mm-hmm. At Marvel Studios, by the way, it was banned in China, and they've just now gotten back in. And so two films are being released from Marvel Studios uh, this month in China, and it's the second largest movie market in North America. So they don't want to upset them. Ah, and Disney no. owns Marvel. Yeah, got it. All right, um, Andrew, should I... We'll go to Nate. We'll do traffic at the big plumbing traffic desk because I see the lights are flashing there. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, should I pick up my sad story for Sherry again? Yes, Please yes, do. we should. Thank you. Okay. All right. I I I, I almost think twice about retelling the story, Sherry. All the more reason to do it. Well, I feel better at the end. I can't promise you that, but I'll feel better that you got it. Let me just, before we play the sad music. Okay, okay. So, doing Evening Magazine on the air every day, 7 o'clock, a lot of people watch the show. I remember one time going for a colonoscopy. I was in the elevator, right? And I was sort of not very crowded. And I was in the back of the elevator. A bunch of people got off, and there were two nurses on the elevator. And they're going up to the eighth floor. And I remember one goes, hey, guess who's coming in for a colonoscopy today? Who? That guy, John Curley. It's like, wow, whoa, huh? huh? Right? You start to realize eh, people kind of know you, and I don't know. Anyway, listen, it, this is very bad. Music, please, Andrew. Again, as I started to say, I don't know whether it's diet or just stress. I'd never experienced this sort of stuff before, but. Um, I. I but maybe it's I don't even, I, it was hemorrhoids. I I I had some hemorrhoids. <laughs> okay. Stop the music, Andrew. <laughs> Sorry. It's not funny. You can't laugh, Sherry. When okay. you ask him to tell a story. All right, go, go, go. All right. So you had a little little trouble down there, and and what'd you do? This is before you could Google stuff. Like, I didn't know what to look for, and I didn't want to ask anybody because I'm always embarrassed by all that kind of potty stuff. So I went into a drugstore. 
mm-hmm. I got some preparation H. Mm-hmm. And I I didn't want to be seen buying it. <laughs> okay. But I didn't want to steal the whole tube. I didn't think I needed the whole tube. <laughs> so I sampled some of it. No. No. No, you didn't. I did. I applied it. <laughs> I'll, you know, I'll 11 and 12, the, the toy aisle that nobody goes into. And you... And you don't think there were cameras? And you were on television at this point? And you didn't think there were cameras? Can you imagine if you got caught on camera applying that there in the toy aisle? <laughs> Opening the tube. Gross. <laughs> and then putting it back so somebody else could buy it. You said, you, you said I'd feel better. You said I'd feel better if I told you. I told said the I could. I, I feel worse. I said I said I could get it. Andrew, happy music. Happy music. <laughs> happy did music. It, all right, fine. Did it work? Yes. Why did they, you, you still didn't buy the whole tube? I don't want to be seen buying the whole tube. Oh, but it would be better to be caught sampling it. <laughs> I mean. Relief came my way, Sherry, with one small application in the toy aisle at Bartels <laughs> and Queen Anne, no, lower Queen Anne. And did and you I put then the cap back on and just and put it back in his box and away I went. Licking split, <laughs> hippity how happy. Many, how many applications, how many times did you go in there to soothe yourself? <laughs> Seven times. No, you didn't. <laughs> no. Just once. Why didn't you just ask your wife to buy it for you? I don't want anybody talking about it. I don't trust them. Just don't need anybody to know about it. Well, your wife it's a very would personal be, thing. Your wife would be okay with it. She understands. She, oh, I'm she, not alone. People do this all the time. They're always people are applying ointments and putting on condoms and stuff that they don't want to buy <laughs> in the aisles. That okay. That happens never. I do feel better. So- Thank you. Thank you, Nate. I do feel better. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs>